Welcome back to Make Pods Great Again. I'm your host, John Woolley, here with my bestie, Nikki. Nikki, how are you? Hey, I'm, you know, making it one day at a time. How about you? I uh, uh, I don't know. There's snow on the ground this morning here in Cleveland. I was going to say no. I'm great, but we have snow in Cleveland uh, in the middle of May. So it's like, you know, you can just sum up my year with we almost had World War III. Uh, we've had this virus. I've been in quarantine for a month now. Then we got murder hornets and now it's yep. snow again in May, which I know doesn't seem that drastic, but it's supposed to be sunny <laughs> and pretty outside and I'm getting annoyed. So yeah. I mean, if I can't go outside, I at least want to be able to look at sunny skies. So Nope. Sorry. 2020 said, fuck off. Yeah. Well, yeah. the good news from being inside, at least the murder hornets can't get me. So True. True. That's a plus. Plus. Benefit. And speaking of things that can kill you, we've got battle cancer on tonight. Oh, the worst. <laughs> Damn, that was a good segue. I'm, I'm no. Terrible. I'm, well, we've got Scott with battle cancer. Scott, how are you? I'm good. Thank you. I mean, that's the stock response, isn't it? I'm good. I'm um, good. Yeah, that's I'm good. I think that's like uh, what everyone's kind of like at the minute. Yeah, it's good. Things could be a lot better, but mm. yeah, we're, uh, we're we're surviving. There could yeah. be much worse things. Like we don't have murder hornets in the UK, so oh, you don't? I, not yet. <laughs> not I don't yet. know if you guys can hear. Speaking of crazy bullshit, I don't know if you can hear the thunder that's happening here. I right could hear definitely some kind of rumbling from yeah, behind. Yeah, what the fuck? It's like freaking me out. It's loud enough to get picked up on the podcasting mic. It rains in Rhode Island. What are you complaining about? No, we're having some weird, insane storm right now. It's like shaking the house. Anyway, we've been talking a lot about how we're all stuck here in quarantine and what that means for us. But Scott, what's, uh, what's everything been like in the UK for you guys recently? Yeah, very strange. It's kind of everybody British is suddenly becoming like uh, World War II again. We yeah. all kind of feel like we're, uh, you know, we're waiting for the air raids, um, but with the ability to go for a walk. Um, so yeah, it's 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 a it's a weird time. Like it's something that um, I've never experienced in my lifetime. I've worked uh, in the police for a, a good number of years. I've seen some very strange things happen, uh, and this is by far the weirdest. Um, but I think, like everywhere, there's a lot of confusion. You know, uh, we're we're a relatively small island. We're not as big as the US like the UK is not even as big as one of your states so maybe bigger than Rhode Island okay (laughs) bigger than Rhode Island (laughs) certainly not as big as Texas um so like we yeah there's lots of confusion at the minute I think very similar to everywhere like gyms are closed uh like public transport's down most industry and sectors are having to be at home the government here is supportive in some financial packages so we have some really good schemes at the moment uh they will be finishing soon because you know it's not an unlimited pot of gold to just keep giving to people um but the mood within the country is is like quite resilient i think that's mm-hmm. some of the the key things there's a thing that we do every thursday called clap for carers so everybody leaves the house um stands outside or like leans out the windows and and claps and shouts and like bangs pots together to make noise for all the nurses every like thursday across the at 8 entire PM. country yeah the whole country no. does it cool. yeah it's insane so uh, that's really cool so we have this kind of like world war Two, like we're all in this together kind of uh thing in the minute so that that is a very sweet side effect of everything that's going on i like your sweet haircut <laughs> Did Freya do that for you? Yes. So, I mean, she's done quite well, like, considering the size. Like, we're just not deciding to start the top. So, 
I think this is going to be a, a continuation of my mental state during lockdown. So the mm-hmm. wilder this goes, I think this is uh, <laughs> how it's happening. The home haircuts are, uh, <laughs> I'm really enjoying the home haircuts, especially the dudes with like good fades and stuff that I've seen mm. lately. Like the, where all their like wives and girlfriends and roommates are cutting their hair. <laughs> I get to try it this weekend. Ah, okay. Nervous for Matt. <laughs> <laughs> I've been Practice doing home haircuts for like, six years now it's not a big deal we'll see right everyone should just pick their heads yes yeah i I just i thought about it and then i have a very distinct shape of head that the world is not ready to see without a large amount of hair on top of it yet so i I, that's why it's uh, it's staying how it is (laughs) well my head is shaped beautifully i just like to throw that out there you're lucky in that respect yeah, I, I definitely couldn't pull that off, John. I, I, yeah, I don't think I could enter that club of, of cool, cool well, bald. To, to be fair, I wasn't really trying to pull it off as much as it was pulling itself off. Oh, <laughs> your, your, your hand was forced. Pretty much. Yeah. So, yeah, and here's how it came about. It's actually kind of a funny story. So um, I started shaving it, like buzzing it, not shaving it first. When I started, like I went to get my hair cut. And this poor woman was cutting my hair and she spent 30 minutes like trying to make me feel like I wasn't bald. Like she's doing like the come over <laughs> and I'm like, okay, this just not going to happen. So I go home and I went and bought some clippers and I buzz it. And I thought that'd be the end of it. I'll just buzz my hair and won't cost me anything moving forward. It'll be fine. Well, I work in a bank. So in banks, we have cameras everywhere. And in some of the branches, we have those cameras where you can actually see yourself like a TV monitor. So people know you have cameras. So I'm, one day I'm standing in the lobby and I see myself on the monitor, but because it's monitor, I actually just see the back of my head. And I have that uh, Captain Steubing from, you know, uh, Love Boat ring around my head. I may be too old reference for you guys. Uh-huh. John, Jean-Luc Picard, you know, it's like, yep. okay. you yep. just see the receding hairline. And I'm like, all right, that's just not going to happen either. I'm way too young <laughs> to have that haircut. So I went out that afternoon and uh, bought a bunch of razors. I'm like, I'm just shaving it. And I've been doing shaving it ever since. Never stopped. What year was that? Oh, was man. Six years ago? Uh, no, no, no. It was before that. It probably closer to eight. Nice. I know. You rock the bald. I like it. I think it's yeah. badass. I don't know if it's badass, but it's what I got to do. And it's one of those things. <laughs> like, I, It's just hair. Like, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, you know, I guess it's kind of appropriate for our topic today. But like I've always viewed it. It's like this, you know, receding hairline isn't like it's not the same. It's a defect, but it's not like a de- like it's not like cancer, you know, like. <laughs> You could be worse. There's worse. so many things that could be worse than shaving your head. You know, so it's like, it's, it is at the end of the day, it's still just hair. It's not, it doesn't define who I am. Now, if I had your awesome hair, then yes, mm-hmm. I would probably, I'd probably <laughs> cry, but I never had hair look like yours, even when I had hair. So. It's, I think one of those things that has been a change in like, especially male perception of hair is you don't tend to see that many adverts anymore for like, hair replacement or mm-hmm. spray Plugs. that makes it look like you're not bald like this kind of stuff seems to have disappeared a little bit yeah i don't know maybe i don't watch enough qvc but like you don't really see it that much and uh yeah i think that's because people are just happy that it's going just get it gone like, yeah, I, I really don't see it. It. totally 
Well, Scott, it's it's nice to have you on here. And we originally wanted to bring you on because, uh, you know, you've been doing such great work with battle cancer recently. And sort of like everyone else, you guys have been traveling and getting your hand into the sanctionals game. You've been competing all over the world. And now that we're all stuck in quarantine, we've sort of had this opportunity to catch up with some of our favorite and busiest people. <laughs> um, so it's nice to have you here to talk a little bit about what you what you've been up to lately. But before we get into um, the charity and on all the things you've got going on there, can we talk a little bit about the fact that you have been competing? You were just at Wadapalooza recently. I mean, yeah, how, how I is mean, all that going for you? Interesting. So, I mean, like, I've not actually been doing CrossFit that long. So, I like, I won't bore people too much, but I fought in like Thai boxing and MMA for many years and then did powerlifting. So, I did powerlifting for like six years. Uh, competed at like world level, won championships across different countries, um, was very small. And I constantly got told by Russian people and Icelandic people that I was very strong for a small person. Mm. So it was like, thanks nice compliment, compliment, but also <laughs> making me feel tiny at the same time. It's <laughs> uh, so cool. Um, and then when we started Battle Cancer, I was like, right, okay, I, I really want a new challenge. And, I, and we had such a huge portion of people that backed us from the CrossFit community. I was like, right. I need to try and do CrossFit, but I mean, like, I I started CrossFit like quite old, not old in the world sense of old, but old for like CrossFit. Right. Um, and it was a super strange transition because I was really strong, but really not fit. <laughs> really couldn't do like I would do gymnastics or I would do things, and people were like, you know, you don't have to make it that hard. You know, like you can make this easier. So it was, uh, and it was also a massive like ego kick in the face from kind of being the top like two three percent in the world from powerlifting in my weight class to then being really really bad at crossfit so i think like my first open i was in the uk i think i was like two thousand and something or four thousand and something i think um because oh, i didn't know really what good was. we're all like ten thousandth or fifty thousandth here in the states when we yeah, do but the to, open yeah but to go oh right except john was second i was second nice. no big deal Thank you. I was <laughs> just, like 19,500. <laughs> but it was going from being like one of the best in the world at my weight class to right, then right. being like 4,000th in the country. It was a really weird transition. Um, and yeah, I've just kicked myself every single day, like two or three times to just get better and better. And then this year was the first year that I competed at sanctional. So I kind of skipped most normal CrossFit comps. Like I'd not I'd done like two CrossFit comps before my first sanctional and then did Filthy 150. So that was my first sanctional in the elites and the team. Um, competed in Norway. So, and that was a holy kick in the face having to run up a mountain in like mm-hmm. minus 20 degrees. Uh, and then competed at Waterpalooza. And again, my kryptonite is swimming. I sink. There's something long gone there. And I am terrified also swimming. But I got in the water at Miami and I did the swim, but it took me the full length of the workout time cap <laughs> to get back in. Well. And the, even the um, even the lifeguard came up to us at the Battle Cancer stand afterwards and was like, dude, we followed you the whole way. You didn't stop. We thought you were going to die, but you didn't stop. <laughs> I was like, okay, <laughs> so, so, so I was like, okay. So it's been a really fun experience of kind of losing a bit of strength which I've had to like I I can't I used to squat like three and a half times my body weight and like most has kind of stayed the same but learning a whole host new skills and like as you guys know 
CrossFit can just make you do some on the face of it stupid stuff that I've no idea what I'm doing there. So it's been uh, yeah really really fun and and super lucky to travel to those places and and get to compete against people who are like legit athletes who have been doing CrossFit for a long time. So it's been uh, super yeah really really good. And if this virus carries on, <laughs> maybe that, maybe that was like the last chance we got. I I no. got to do it so. <laughs> It's cool too to uh the fact that you guys get to compete all over the world and sort of tell your message and your story at the same yeah. time because the teams that you've been on in the elite divisions have been representing battle cancer as well right yeah. so it's kind of doing like double duty Yeah and I think that's it's won us over a lot of favors so we whilst we we can compete in the elite we're not mayhem you know we're not we're not on that games qualification spot like we can qualify to be in that but I think Sanctionals has shown that there's still a gulf. So, like the people who compete in the elite level, there's still kind of the top five to ten percent who compete at sanctionals and elite are the ones that are pushing for the games. And there's still a significant amount underneath that are not pushing that game spot, but mm-hmm. deserve to be in a sanctionals elite uh, elite spot. But yeah, I mean that's it's won us over because judges have got behind us because they kind of see that we try really hard. We're not shouting at each other. We're not, you know, yelling at each other. It's more supportive and we tend to like support our way through. And, and it's been very much carrying that message. And, you know, compared to some of these people doing incredible things through fitness around the world, but it's given us a vehicle for people to see us and for us to get to meet people. Like we wouldn't, yeah. people come and interact with us both from the stands that we have and, and our own events, but they go, oh, you're that guy that was really dying in the water in Miami and had to have the boats <laughs> follow you for like, for 20 minutes so, oh what is it that's about cancer so it's like it's a great conversation start being not that good at what you do dude i was watching the swim events in miami and i was with a small group of people and we were taking bets on who was going to drown swear yeah. to god like because they put these they, you know they had all kind of boats out there and people on jet skis and whatever and and you could there is a significant difference between the people that are even decent swimmers and the people that just can't swim at all. Mm-hmm. And those poor people that can't swim at all, they're out there basically like dog paddling, you know? Oh my God. It was so funny. I mean, it's not funny to like think somebody's going to die, but, but it was funny to like, <laughs> it, it was funny watching the lifeguards. Like you could see their level of concern changing based off the person yep. they were following, you know, it was really great. I mean, maybe you witnessed my attempt and I think that would have probably have broken you from, from finding things funny. Cause I mean, you got to the front and they were like, oh, you can have a float. Um, I was like, okay, I'll take it with me. I can't. I still can't swim very well with a float. So I was like, I'll take it with me if it makes you feel better. But I basically swam that entire thing just on my back. And I was like, okay, I'm out here now. And I swear to God, those boys moved further and further and further away. Aww. So I was like, I was like, it's getting closer. No, nope, it's just got further away. It's getting, no. Nope. And you could hear like the announcers and the commentators and MCs just getting further and further away. And I was thinking okay, maybe I'll set some kind of new record for what a Palooza, like, biggest distance swam by accident before <laughs> they realise he's lost. Like, some, something else that can get us some attention. I don't know, that'll get us an appearance in the morning chalk up. Mm-hmm. Team member disappears off the coast of Florida. <laughs> Whatever you got to right. do to raise awareness. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, will, I will say that Wadapalooza competition was a big eye-opener for me. I mean, to your point around the difference between the elite teams and and just the really good teams is, like, I don't watch a lot of team sports. Like the, my, my like hidden secret is I don't like 
I don't love watching competitive CrossFit. Like I like watching the really competitive <gasps> people. I don't <laughs> look after you've seen one group of people do thrusters. Why do I need to watch yeah. five more heats of that? Like that shit gets very fast, you know, but yeah. I did yeah. go watch the team events and that part was really interesting to me because you can see a lot of uh, differences, even in individual teams, yes. you know, like mm. you'd, you'd watch, I specifically remember watching the one swim event that had the D ball where they're throwing it over their shoulder. Yep. And I was watching the the women were doing it and you'd have two women on the same team. They'd be basically the same size and one would just be crushing it. Another one could barely pick the ball up. And so it's like kind of funny to watch and interesting at the same time. And then you start comparing these teams to your point to the mayhems. And you're like, man, the, the gap between these doesn't seem like it should be that big but it's monstrous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It really and, and <clears throat> it's, it's a huge part of circumstances as well. Like I think sanctionals has brought teams of people together from the super team side. And then also it really highlights those that actually like effectively live together and train mm-hmm. together and every single day and they can read each other's minds. And I think you look at, it's kind of difficult with mayhem because it's thrown in and, but even if you take him out of the equation, you look at those guys and they move in unison. They are paced exactly right for the person who's got that weakness in that workout. And you very rarely see them look like they're panicking or going fast. They just, they like the Terminator. They just don't stop. And I was and, and that's doing the key difference. You'll have some teams where you have really strong individuals that will elevate that team because they've got such a strong individual performance but i think as the team aspect of crossfit develops i think it will end up being like the nba it'll end up being like football it will be people that are specifically brought together trained together and they're hand-picked because of what they can fill in fill in the blanks for each other and i think you see that when you compete with people on the floor you you can you notice that like wholly when you're there and you're like Oh, my strong dude in my team. Yeah, he's still not carrying us as much as like that entire team is getting us through. So yeah. it's uh, it, it's it's an interesting one teams, and it's a shame. Obviously, we're not going to get that at the games this year. Uh, like, however else it's going to be presented yeah. at Mayhem, where I'm sure Mayhem will win it. <laughs> right? Yeah, I wonder how all that is going to shake out. I keep hearing rumors that Mayhem's going to run their own competition, so we'll see. Right. Like yeah. fingers fingers crossed that you know Rich pulls one together down there. But be cool. I know. This is why I don't do team because I don't want to elevate three other people. I'd rather just be great. Definitely not. It's also like a weird level of accountability. There's a, there's an element of you, no matter how like hardcore you are, that you can get to a point where you go, I'm done. Whereas there's a there's a, a girl, uh, Lauren Calvert, who I competed with in Norway and on the run. So again, I hate running. Like I can lift and do gymnastics, but running, swimming, terrible. And the entire way around that mountain, she was screaming at me in a very strong Scouse accent from she's from Liverpool in England. She was like, lad, keep running, lad, keep running. And then there was teams catching us up. And she was like, if you that team catches you up, I'm going to beat you so bad when we get off this mountain. <laughs> and she's a scary woman. She's like, a, she's kind of like a, a, a mini version of Sam Briggs. So nice. you don't mess with Lauren Calvert. And she was screaming that entire way. And, and you, you, you pick each other up. And she would always kind of say like, you know, think about why you're here, think about what you're representing, yeah. like just keep going. And and I think that's that level of accountability where if I was on my own climbing that that initial like mountain, I'd have been like, no, nah, done. I'm good. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll take last. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'll take last. I'm just here. It's a nice view. Mm-hmm. I think I'm I think I'm scared of the women from the UK. <laughs> you should all, be. All of them. You should be. They're all they're all such badasses. I mean, seriously, they're all fitter than me. 
Not that that's hard, but still, man, it's just intimidating. What about the women from New England? They're, they're Americans, you know. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, what a pleaser. I'd like a career highlight of... So Sam Briggs has done so much stuff for us at Battle Cancer. We've been so lucky. And she'd sign, she'd got a T-shirt signed by loads of people that were raffling. And um, so I was kind of like messaging her, trying to find her before the award ceremony. And um, she gave me a hug. And I was like, oh, my God, that's never happened. I've met Sam like a good few times. And I've even trained with her. And she gave me a hug. I was like, okay, that's it. I've made it. I was like, Sam Briggs has hugged me. This is Never it. washing Done. this body again. Yeah, I'm like, I'm <laughs> like I, I, my my endurance level has now gone up by fifteen percent because <laughs> yep. I've touched there. So like, <laughs> I'm set. That's awesome. Yeah, I can't top that. No one's ever <laughs> hugged me. No one. No one. No ever. one. <laughs> no one ever. Zero, zero people. And now no one ever will. We have to remain no. socially distant. I That's know. it. See. <laughs> Oh man. Well, you know, we, we had a chance to meet in Norway for the first time, Scott and I, and, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't rag on you for your mountain run. Maybe I should have, but, um, (laughs) I did have a chance in Norway for the first time to learn about battle cancer. And I mean, you know, me, I'm like a bleeding heart and I want to help everyone. And there are a lot of great charitable organizations within, especially the CrossFit community that I think we do a great job supporting, but something was so special about you guys and the way you operate and the, selflessness around the entire organization and it it made me really really want to get involved and and it made me want to ask you to come on this podcast and introduce you to John and you know there's there's a there's a lot of things out there and there's a lot of people that we can help and animals that we can help in organizations and I just I I cannot stress enough how um how much I love you guys and the work that you're doing. So it is, you know, Scott didn't pay us to get on the show. (laughs) It's it's the kind of thing that I I really do truly believe in. And I want you to have a chance to tell the story of battle cancer and especially with the move forward program, because given the state of the world right now and what we can and can't do, and we can't be together and we can't host these events, which I know sort of like were the pinnacle of how you guys were fundraising and doing things. You've really come up with a program that not only can we implement in today's world and the world moving forward, whatever it looks like, but it's this really cool, like self-sustaining system where we're helping people and they are in turn helping others. And I just think it's really unique what you're doing. And it's not just like handouts left and right and, you know, doing things that people can bitch them to complain about it's it's a system <laughs> that is working in a real way to help uh, folks who are healing from cancer so I'm, I'm i'll turn it over to you just for the people who haven't heard of it can you give us a little bit of background on on what you guys are working on right now yeah of course and thank you so much i think the biggest thing for us is we're so there's a couple of things like i told you last week and i'm allowed to swear on here aren't i so Fuck as long as it's not too bad <laughs> <laughs> we encourage I was like it. The, I was like, there's a, there's a, there's a saying in England um, and you'll have lots of people from England that listen to this and they'll know what this means, where you can call someone what you call a gobshite, which means it's someone who it's like also in a term of endearment. So it's like, well, this is someone who's like, like loud, but in a good way and like not afraid to kind of like ask and put out in the world to, to get things. And uh, that's what I've always been like. It was always from a, an early age, it was like, oh, Scott does well at school, but he talks too much or he's loud <laughs> or he, he just he says things all the time. Um, and that's been what's helped us get, I think, through to people like yourself, who um, there's so many people that do such great things. And um, unfortunately, with charitable endeavors, often people are very 
um, like internally driven. So they don't talk about it a lot or they don't like to kind of put it out there in the world. And that then falls on their detriment because people don't actually see what it is that they're working on and developing. Where I'm on the other hand, like I email people a million times until I get an answer from them. I'll, I'll start them on Instagram until they give me an answer and they'll share our post or something. So that, that's been a little bit, I think, of the difference. Um, Battle Cancer, like you said, we, and you know, I 99% of people that listen to your podcast won't know what we are, or what we do, but we started about three years ago. Um, it sounds really like I'm going to start singing with a dream. Um, <laughs> we started, we started with, um, this, this, this concept of I'd seen, I'd done so many different individual fundraising challenges. And I, I often said that growing up, I knew how to behave at a funeral more than I did at a wedding. Mm. I'd, I'd had lots of like external, uh, like family members as a, as a very young child pass away from cancer. Some in agonizingly slow decay of, of watching them, some that were taken very quickly. And then, uh, like, a my grandfather, who I had a very, like, troubled upbringing, but a grandfather who was a massive part of my life passed away, um, from cancer. And, I, and it was a, it was a long lasting thing. So, do you know what? I'm going to do something every year. And, and do you know what? It's more for me than it is for anybody else. It's like my way of just kind of doing something to kind of kick it or whatever. Um, and I'd, I'd done enough things. Like, I'd, maybe raise like a couple of hundred pounds every single time and don't get me wrong like that's incredible that people do that and that's the formative element but for me I needed to do something a little bit different and and I saw that there was lots of events around the world for running or walking there's not anything really for people that go to a crossfit class or a normal functional fitness class or or just go to a normal kind of gym and can pick up a, a dumbbell or a kettlebell or they can do an air squat or they can do a burpee there was nothing really that was for those people that would be challenging um an equal a playing field so i was like right okay I have zero experience of putting events on. I have zero experience of marketing. I have no idea about how you sell tickets or you get people to back you. Um, but I'll just kind of like, I'll have a crack. So we... Um, <laughs> right, great equation. Let's start an organization. <laughs> yeah, let's just give it a go. So we, I did a, a challenge called Raising the Titanic, which was deadlifting for um 12 hours and we got lots of different places to to do it so we broke against a record for the most amount of weight deadlifted as a group of people over 12 hours um i herniated three discs in my back tore oh, most good. of the skin off uh to my hands to the point where i had to use uh duct tape to tape my hands to the bar so i could hold on the bar um and we raised loads of money and apart from the physical pain um it was just this collection of people coming together and it really resonated with me that when lots of people came together because we did this at 30 different locations across the, the UK it wasn't wow. just in one gym it was we got lots of people behind this idea and this concept and I was like okay the money's fantastic but the biggest thing here is that people were coming in and out of the gym all day long who we'd never met some drove from London to Manchester where we were which is like a seven hour drive Whoa. just to take part and people were saying look uh, there's there's one uh, there's a couple who still volunteer with us now and her mum's last ever Facebook post was saying that she was proud of a daughter coming and doing Raising the Titanic. And then her mum passed away a couple of days afterwards. Mm. And those people just reached to us and poured to us. And it became uh, like a collective group, like almost like a cathartic release for people that the physical effort with an environment where people could just talk about this shit thing that happens to them either directly or in indirectly 
became something that wasn't really out there. Like there's lots of people like marathons, you know, they raise millions and millions, but you don't tend to interact that much with the people around you. Right. You just kind of go get it done and, and then leave. Um, and so I went and booked a huge venue in the UK. Again, like no experience, no equipment, no sign up. It seems no like nothing. a good idea. <laughs> I was like, well, Please it's like the, the, the kind of old um, thing of Wayne's World, like a field of dreams. Like if you book it, they'll come. Which, Wayne's World and Field of Dreams. Great yeah. references, both of them. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, if you book it, they'll come. I was like, yeah. if you don't book it, I'll lose a couple of thousand pounds and probably have to like sell something right. like, like a kid, kidney. I, I don't need both of them. So like um, we could do something. So it, it was a massive like shit show. I think people were very kind from the outside to say, oh, it was amazing and da, 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 but we learned so much. But the overall feeling was it raised thousands and thousands of people just attached to what we were doing from inside the events. Like we have we have a live DJs, people are dancing and we have the charity. We have multiple charities. There. And the difference with Battle Cancer is that we want to encourage people to use us to fundraise for a charity that means something to them. So there's incredible people out there that do great work, but they're all very specific. And we felt that I couldn't ever look at somebody in the eye and say, do you know what? You can only do my event if you do it for this like it needs to be something that's internal and it's just a driven thing for you um so yeah over the past kind of like two and a half to three years we've gone from one event to we had seven events last year um we had like five and a half thousand people do the events last year across europe um and before coronavirus decided to appear from wherever trump says it appeared from we um we were embarking on tour in the u.s we'd we'd driven in one really old van that we'd hired from uh, bottom of Miami all the way up to uh, to, San, to uh, California. And we just dropped into gyms. We took over the classes and we told people what we did. We ran them through our kinds of workouts. Um, and we just connected with people literally from all those places. And there was common themes. So it doesn't matter where you're from, where you grew up, what, how much you earn, like none of that matters. Everybody had been affected and they'd all been affected and had the same terrible feelings, the same shit experiences and not being really sure where they could kind of have an outlay of, of what that was. So like you said, you know, we've had to really shift like our events. Luckily, some of most of our events are at like the tail end of the summer. So we're hoping they're still going to go on, but we've had to be really realistic and look at what's going on in the world right now. And for us to kind of keep trying to push our events it's very difficult but we've been blessed that we've worked with a fantastic organization uh for the past year that's gone hand in hand with our events so the move forward program was developed by a guy called simon darby who's over in ireland and he's a young person's social worker for people with cancer so anybody from the ages of 13 and above who develop cancer he effectively walks into your life with a halo on and just does unbelievable things for people he has rebuilt people's lives he's rebuilt you know young women who've had to have their legs amputated to remove tumors he's taken them and turned them into just phenomenal people and, and helped that and and move forward is been hand in hand with our events so what's happened is that the move forward program and i'll really briefly kind of say what it is but that program has had an end result of the people attending our events and they often call our events their CrossFit Games because the people who were once facing their own mortality and having, you know, major surgery, having radiotherapy, chemotherapy, they never felt they would be in an environment where thousands of people were cheering for them to do something right. physical. 
Right. And, you know, and not many people do. Like most people who compete in CrossFit events, they don't have three to 4,000 people in a crowd cheering for them. It, it, it unfortunately doesn't happen. That's kind of, you know, for the best in the business. So it's, it's, it's given them an end point. And we've had, so one young, one young lad who'd been in the Move Forward program had a, a brain tumor and he was a, a high level rugby player before, uh, before he had a brain tumor. And uh, his brain tumor took a lot from him and he did the move forward program, came and did battle cancer Dublin. And uh, so I, they all know this, so I'm not dropping anything. <laughs> and my, um, my kind of direct uh, impartiality might go and I'll never get to work with anyone big after this, but the, the team from move forward accidentally found their way into like the final men's heat. Um, I don't know how it happened it just these accidents happen in scheduling and (laughs) they they kind of were in the top like five so they they ended up in that and there was that literally about 2,000 people are watching this final heat and uh, and the young man they they were incredible they were all in tears they they ended themselves of how hard they tried and they were all on the floor literally in tears and his dad came up to us afterwards and said I never thought I'd ever see my son have people cheering for him like that. Like, and unfortunately, he has had a reoccurrence of his, his brain tumor. Um, and subsequently, I don't know how he does it, but he's he's done another three of our events since. Oh my word! Whilst whilst undergoing chemo for for his brain tumor, and and is unfortunately sitting on a potential diagnosis of not being sure how long he has left. But he he is he is like an antithesis of the kind of people that we've developed so our events are filled with people doing incredible stuff but the move forward program and the people that it's developed are are people that's lives have hinged on our events and the actual program in in and itself and I could bore you for hours and hours about the, the people and their backstories but the move forward program in essence is we fund people to do 10 weeks of CrossFit classes and please, please CrossFit don't come and shout at me for using the word CrossFit. Um, we fund them to do 10 week of CrossFit classes and that's two a week and they're done outside of normal coaching hours. So that's not in a normal class sense because often people who are coming back from illness um, or certainly have never dealt with fitness before have massive worries about walking into something, even as supportive as a CrossFit gym, it can still be a very daunting place. So we, it's done outside of normal hours. Um, they have a travel subsidy. So we help get them to the venue because people who've been affected by cancer, you know, even in countries like the UK where we have a national health service, they're effective, they're hit financially in unbelievable ways. So you would like losses of jobs, insurance premiums, like, it, you know, what you have to pay out, it's, it's untold. So we want to make sure people can get to the classes to get the benefit for number one. Um, and then after the 10, during that 10 weeks, they're monitored and tested on a number of physical changes, but also mental health changes. So they have uh, like simple stuff like grip test, lung capacity, like strength over a certain amount of reps. But then they also have questionnaires about how they actually feel like mentally um and the that's done over that 10 weeks and then at the end of 10 weeks this we pick one or two people who we pay to go and do their crossfit level one so they become a coach so they then not only is this person been an active cancer survivor or undergoing cancer and potentially will continue that fight with cancer for many years they've been through the program they've seen the benefit they've supported other people and then they're now in the position where they carry that class on for another 12 months as a minimum 
often like longer. So it's a self-sustaining thing that we then do another 10 weeks the next year, another two people are picked to become coaches. And then you literally have cancer survivors becoming inspirational coaches and not just from the physical lessons that they learn, but they're supported throughout by a bunch of professional social workers. So who help them with mental health um, referrals, who help them to kind of verbalize the things that they've learned to help people in that new position and so mark i talk about mark a lot he had open open heart surgery to remove a tumor um and he's he's a move forward coach and mark's a really tall guy like quite big uh, and before his, his his diagnosis it was always like oh mark big man he's a big fella and after his diagnosis he was very much uh, cancer patient the ill one everyone's a bit scared of him they're a bit t- like they don't want to touch him that you know like he's a bit delicate um and he faced his own demons and he still does now but he particularly talks about you know borderline you know suicidal thoughts how he would be in fear that things are always coming back how his identity was taken from him and he now talks to people who've got that exact same thought and problem on the other side and not only and not just in a cheesy way of like oh it's all going to be all right because we don't believe in that he will say look it is shit you will feel like this and however if you do feel like this here's a couple of things that you can do to try and think your way out of that way Mm -hmm. and and on top of that the workouts that they do it's not just like wrapping them in cotton wool they do hard workouts. They are pushed. They sweat. They move. It's it's about treating people as equal. It's not just saying, oh, you're the cancer patient, like basically sit in the corner and watch. It's like, no, this is going to be changing. And, you know, coronavirus is affecting millions of people around the world. Cancer does. You know, there's, there's, there's nearly 9 million people in the Western world that die from cancer every year. You know, there's 60 to 80 million people that are diagnosed with cancer every single year in the Western world. You know, that's a lot of people. And if you look at those that uh, rely on those people for family, for work colleagues, for friends, like that network of people that are affected is, is phenomenal. And if we can change all across the world in mini pockets, those people and get them to keep continually helping others, then we don't need to throw thousands of pounds at individual people. We just need to keep this self-sustaining program going for people to actually make a change. And instead of a bad virus, we want we want to make a good virus that spreads and that changes stuff. Yeah, this was like the coolest thing that I sort of learned about this program. I feel like Scott, when you when I first met you and you explained this to me, it's like, you know, when when people are going through cancer treatment, or even when they've been, you know, granted the wonderful diagnosis of remission, you think that they're like released back out into the world and that everything goes back to being normal. And it's like, it's not true. These people are like shells of their former self, all the the shit that they went through and their life is never normal again. It's, it's just this brand new thing that's hard to navigate and they don't have once they leave the hospital and they leave treatment, like they don't have that support system and they don't, they don't know always where to go or what to do. And so having this program sort of like not let them get forgotten, not let them like drop off because they've gone through it. And now they're on the other side and everything's great. Like, no, like there's a lot more work that needs to be done with them. And I think that people don't realize that they don't realize that that portion of time is really important. I think one of the biggest things that people can't see is so you look at PTSD and if I say PTSD to you, you'll quite commonly say, oh, like military people have been through very 
strong experiences where they've had to face their own mortality or they've seen horrendous things and this stuff has kind of happened in and around them. Some of the biggest diagnosed, di like people diagnosed with PTSD are cancer patients, both during and post, because they've been through something that not many people are wired. Well, I don't, I don't think any of us are wired to be able to, to process that. You know, a couple of hundred years ago, if you got cancer, you just died. You didn't get told that you were going to die and you would have this period of how do I accept that, deal with that and carry the burden of my family. And unfortunately, once you kind of physically ticked that you're well enough. So it's like, OK, you're in a re remission enough. The tumor's reduced enough. There's nothing much more we can kind of do for you now. You, you literally left out the door and they, they'll be playing trumpets and clapping and doing party poppers. But that person will be suffering high amounts of trauma. They will also then have no fucking idea of what they do next. Right. And that and that's my biggest thing and why we the reason we kind of use our events and we use CrossFit and we use big muscly athletes around the world to tell people about this is that they all have a voice and that they can all go somewhere. And unfortunately most people just don't know like where the hell do I go? Right. And We've got people in the Move Forward program that they have no designs to be athletes. They don't want to be an elite athlete. They want somewhere where they can be mentally fitter, they can be physically fitter, and those two go so integrally hand in hand. And they just want to be better people at the end of it and share that experience with somebody. And, you know, we don't have, I wish to Christ we did, but we don't have the money to kind of say, Here's a gigantic like space in every single city across the world where you can come and you'll get to speak to people like, uh, you know, people who are trained in this. You know, we, we don't have the money to develop huge amounts of uh, educational studies on the right thing to do for someone in these amounts. What we do know is that sticking people together who've got shared and common experiences that works people identify and support each other yeah. stick that on top of with making them do max cows on an air bike and trust me that is a bonding experience that people can very quickly like totally get their head into well it's like look it's like we're training we're training cancer survivors to then train cancer survivors it's like yeah. the aa model it's like you know, you, you can't be a sponsor in AA unless you've gone through the program and you're living sobriety every day, because how can you speak on it unless you've lived through it? So we're literally training people to develop the next generation of like well-rounded mentally and physically adjusted people. It is such an awesome cyclical system. It's like the shit. It's the shit. I love it. I'm I all in. I don't know, Nikki. I I think I'd rather die of cancer and do max cows on well, an assault bike. You might be there. <laughs> that's the other things. They got to be willing. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll do other wads, but come on, man. Like that's just cruel Forget and unusual it. punishment. Yeah. It's just rude. Well, oh, we know you, yeah. We Go know ahead. you had cancer, but jump on the assault bike. This will be good for you. <laughs> I think you it's should, more. You should be like, like forever exempt. Like if you're a cancer survivor, you yes. never have to get on the air bike. Yes. <laughs> See, but they're, they're the toughest people. So oh, this totally. Is the, this is the thing. Like, uh, there's people who. So, a really good friend of mine, Craig. He, at the moment, uh, unfortunately, is dealing with a brain tumor, and he um, he lost his mum when he was really young to a brain tumor. And uh, you know, it's nothing to do with hereditary. It's just the shittiest like set of situation. Um, but Craig is hard as nails. Like. He, it, that's the thing. Like to me, if you say to me, or oh, go and do a three mile run up a mountain, I will moan and bitch about that for the entire time. And I'll, I'll tell everybody afterwards, look what I did. It was so hard. Mm -hmm. They, they genuinely, 
nothing to them is like they've built up this inane ability to deal with pain and to like work it in their head and the other good thing with a program and making people do physical stuff together is like they they realize how strong they actually are and that they're not weak and trust me say to me do like one minute max on a assault bike I'm going to be doing everything I can to like point at a meteorite out the window to run away to, (laughs) to like bribe you to do everything and they're like, do you know what? I've had to have all kinds of evasive things done to me. That's easy. I'll do yeah. it. And and that and that's like that key difference of of those kind of people that I don't think I'll ever be able to fully justify and 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 get in my head. You know what I think is one of the coolest parts about what you guys have developed is that you are able to pivot it so well to adjust to what we're doing now. I mean, the fact that you had based the organization off of events and that that has really got you down. I mean, anyone who participates in a charity knows that like when you got a thing that raises money and you can do the thing, it's like, fuck, what do we do now? But you've got this program that you can still run even in these crazy times, right? Cause you guys are doing zoom classes. Yeah. So we, we thought, right. Okay. We will. The whole point of this is we bring people together. Oh shit. What can I not do? Bring people well, together. Yeah, shit. Um, and you know, I've seen incredible stuff that like the guys at United for at live and loud did with United mm-hmm. movement and so many things have popped up about bringing people together. And I was like, look, okay, let's just do, let's get some people that have a, have a strong base and people know and can kind of respond to. And we're going to do the, the battle cancer move forward kind of classes we're going to have Q and A's. We're going to talk about things that people maybe don't normally talk about on this. Like, you know, most of kind of like online fitness classes and, and workout at home, they're all very positive, very upbeat. And we are, but we're not afraid to kind of talk about something that's not the normal topic of conversation during them. Um, and we've been so lucky. Like we've had Noah Olson do one. Um, we've had Zach George do one. We've got this week, we've got Lauren Fisher and Rasmus Anderson doing it. Um, we've got Rory McKernan doing it. We've got a certain, uh, CrossFit games commentator lined up to do one. (laughs) Um, so, you know, and it's what it's helped us do as well is show that, you know, a a lot of kind of like charity movements or ideas or concepts are always like language based. And, And I've talked a lot to people about the fact of, CrossFit has a common language, like you know when stuff sucks. You also know what the word Fran is in Spanish and in German and in like every other language. People, you say words Fran and people cough at you so they know um, what that is. And then on top of that, you can always understand like personal pain and loss. Like I think that's not a particularly difficult subject into cross languages to understand um so this has given us the, the great way of doing it and you know we the whole move forward program doesn't even need me and Freya my wife that is here to run it like it, it we're, we're just being the mouthpiece we're being the ones who are asking people to bring money in and help fund this and our website tells you exactly where every single penny goes it tells you the costings down to a t because we don't want people to kind of come out and go well, I donated, like, what's happened to it and where does it go? Like, it's like, this is exactly what it is. Um, and the system has been put in place that it doesn't need us to for it to happen. It will continue as long as we have the money to do it and put them on, they'll, they'll happen. And we want them around the world. It's not just in that tiny space. But yeah, the, the online classes have been fun. It's been interesting doing it where there's like a bit of a lag sometimes and you're having like quite a deep thing and there's a couple of thousand people watching and then it's like oh sorry oh no oh no after you no no after you 
And it's like, yep, okay. This is the world we know now. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, we've all been on that one shitty Zoom call where the person's like stuck. And you're like, what the what? What the thing? You, no, you, no. Like, you go do burpee. I'll do burpee. You, not me. Okay, you go. <laughs> and then you think someone's frozen, but they're not. They're just having a rest. And I'm like, right. oh, okay. But we've had people from all over the world commenting on those classes. And we, you know, Battle Cancer doesn't have a huge Instagram. We don't have a huge reach, but people are finding us and connecting with us from literally countries across the world and they're taking part. And, and that's been a really, really like whole fulfilling thing for us because when you believe in something and you live it, from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to sleep, like it's, it's 11 o'clock at night here. So this is like just before my bedtime, you know, but, and I, and I love it, but you think, Oh, well, everyone else gets it. Everyone else loves it. Everyone else understands it. And, and they don't, but then every now and again, you see, Oh my God, somebody from, we had people from Israel. We had people from Greece. We've had people from the U S from Canada. We've had people from Brazil. We've had all kinds of people that are jumping in. Somebody stayed awake in California. I don't know whether they'd had some like party or something, but someone has stayed awake in California. And it was, it was 1am their time and they were doing the class with us. They just wanted to stay awake to do the class. I was wow. like, that's insane. That's nuts. But that's the power of what moving and having a shared shitty experience that you're happy to talk about can do for people you know i should run one of these zoom classes people would think i actually had cancer with my bald head they'd be like he's oh. so he's so brave look at him <laughs> very bald and very brave <laughs> bald and brave okay that could yeah. be a cool t-shirt like mm-hmm. <laughs> oh good we're looking for new slogans yes, that's a good slogan bald and brave bald and brave <laughs> No, but it's true. It's like people are finding ways to sort of stay connected and and get involved in in what they really think matters. And it's so unfortunate to say that like we have all been touched in one way, shape, or form. Whatever, however many you know degrees of separation, like it's it's unfortunately the kind of thing we can all relate to. So it's just not going away. And yeah. and it, what what's really good, and I think like John, obviously you're known from a, a humor standpoint, and how you get to like spin some great stuff in CrossFit, but um, these people want to be treated like people. So you can, you can joke, you can take the piss, you can do this. You you don't have to treat people like they're, uh, you know, they're on a leprosy island where they can't be talked about and touched. And, and that's the biggest thing. And the group of people that we've met that are connected into this, they're not sensitive they're not like scared that's that's the real good part of it and you know I don't know if you believe in paleo or you believe in like something else like if you're if you say that's wrong oh my god you're going to get like the biggest triggered reaction from one case or another but these people who've actually had some really bad shit going in their life uh very open very honest and very unafraid of like having a joke and dark humor and and that's the connective that gets people through a lot of it well, yeah, then you definitely need John to host one of these classes. <laughs> well, I mean, look, the, the, the people who have the disease typically have really dark and great sense of humor. Their loved ones, not so much. Very <laughs> true. That's, that's what, so, you know, there's a fine line in how much you can make fun of. But, you know, I have found, you know, I, I did, I've done some work for some cancer charities and I, I did a shirt last year for uh, a, a different cancer charity. And I did a shirt that said, uh, make boobs great again. It was for breast cancer. And I thought it was very clever and I changed my logo pink and, you know, did the whole thing. And the survivors of breast cancer thought it was hysterical. 
but man, I got a lot of hate mail over that a lot. And and it was always the people that it was always the people that didn't have it that were all pissed off, you know, but the people that had Mm -hmm. it were like, this is great. Thank you so much for raising money. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, and I get why people don't find it funny, like humor subjective, but you're right. Like the the people that have gone through that dark place and then they hear dark humor, they go, okay, I get it now. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Scott. No, say like Craig, um, where he had his brain tumor removed, he has like a huge scar. And so uh, like, obviously I'm quite tattooed. Um, and we, so we have battle cancer tattoos that we give out and they do rub off after about several weeks. We tell people two days, but we think branding. So let's keep it on for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and he always puts it on the side of his head. And he's done that at every event he's ever volunteered at over his scar and he makes a big deal out of it. And at the minute he's had to shave his hair again for, for more treatment and he's got a really bad mullet. So everything is, I've got a Tiger King mullet. I've got this and I've got that. And like, it, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I feel like it's uh, when people have been through things, they develop like an extra layer of toughness that sometimes can be used to hide things that's happening behind there, but also is a fantastic coping mechanism for people. And, and I've seen it time and time again, and, you know, I'll be super honest as the British guy, I was very worried at coming over to the US that people would maybe be too positive or people would kind of not uh, want to talk about things the way that we've talked about things in classes and at events and stuff. But like even at Waterpalooza, when we were there, people were coming up to us in the hundreds and just sharing stories and talking about things that are pretty dark. Like, you know, there's a, there's a, a misconception probably in, in the UK that everyone in America is positive. Everybody in America believes like that everything's great. And that's, it isn't the case. And people were very happy to say like, no, this is pretty shit. And like, this was bad. And this was a terrible time. So I think it's, it's an interesting one to say like how you got quite a lot of hate from that. But I would say, yeah, they're the people that I don't, I think no matter what you'd have done, They'd have probably been wanting to send you some kind of hate mail. Like I get hate mail every day. I'm starting. I, I got two, I got two <laughs> two today alone, just over a relatively innocent Jesus meme. I mean, so you know. I mean, if you can't post a Jesus meme, come on now. Well, I'll say this. <laughs> come on. Here's where my problem is, because now I'm like racking my brain for more Jesus memes. Like I'm just gonna like, a whole day of Jesus memes. You know? I would love like, that. I would laugh. Now, I, usually, here's what I usually do. And this is absolutely the truth. I usually post something more controversial, but is less controversial at the same time. So like, here's an example. I did this before. I posted one like the Jesus meme. And then I follow it up with one that's a meme of Santa Claus shooting some kid in the head over nanos or something like that, you know? <laughs> and nobody complains about the kid getting murdered. Okay. But everybody complains <laughs> about, you know, the meme about, you know, Jesus, With whatever. Jesus yeah. <laughs> and so then I can ask them, well, how'd you feel about the kid getting murdered by Santa Claus? You know, it's, that's, I, I love pointing out the hypocrisy to people. It's like, you got at some point, you just got to go, you know what? It's a joke. If I didn't get the joke or I didn't like the joke, okay, but I don't need to complain about the joke. Like life is too short. <laughs> if you didn't like the joke, perhaps the internet is not for you. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the an unfollow button. Yeah, yeah, that's the point. Like, you know, I, I think about what you guys are dealing with, um, you know, and, and, you know, particularly the survivors of the, and the people that bat- are battling the, the disease. And it's like, life is too short to worry about mm-hmm. some stupid mm-hmm. joke. Yeah. which is all it is. Like if I didn't like it, change the channel, move on. Like people are really suffering. Like go help those people. You know? Yes. And to your point, don't treat them differently. Like, I don't know. I've, I had a friend that had cancer. Um, he's in remission now, but he's a CrossFitter and he's a level one coach now, but at the time he wasn't, he's my age and they found uh, a mass in his chest. Mm. 
and he had to go through chemo and the whole deal. And the whole, you know, all the way through, all I'm saying to him is I can't wait till we get back in the gym. So I kick your ass. Cause you're weak as fuck right now. Yeah. <laughs> <You know> <laughs> I bet he was like, finally someone who's not handling me with kick gloves. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that was the point. Like, and we've had a good friendship over the years because of that. Cause it's like, I mean, I'm sympathetic to what he's going through and I was at chemo with him, you know, like hanging out, but at the same time, I mean, come on, I got to post a time. It's going on the whiteboard. Like <laughs> I got a chance to beat your ass. I'm going to beat your ass. Let's mm-hmm. take it. Let's go right now. Let's do some burpees. Well, it's like the beauty of this whole program, right? It's like these people need help and they don't necessarily need their hand held through flower no. patches and this, that, and the other thing, like put them in a fucking CrossFit class. You know yep. what I mean? Like that shit is hard. And people it'll... don't want to hear you just say that so bad and pat you on the arm. Right. It's nothing worse. Like that's enraging right. to people. Right. And and that's the whole point of that. Like we so we we believe in in empathy, not sympathy. And sympathy is the most anger inducing thing ever because it's like you don't really give a shit. Like you right. don't care. Like you're just saying it because you think that that's like a socially acceptable response to say in this situation. Right. Whereas And also like having a degree of separation as well. Like you come into a CrossFit class and everyone's equal. It doesn't matter whether you're a lawyer, whether you're Mm -hmm. you're a cleaner, whether you pick up trash for a living or whether you're a multimillionaire, like it doesn't matter. The minute you walk in and it doesn't matter if you've got nobles on and you're a billionaire or you've got nanos on and you've got them on discount, like it doesn't matter. You're equal. And I think that's the beauty of what we do from the events and from the program is everyone's getting like scratch. Everyone's starting at zero. Totally. And doing it together. Like what gets me is like, if I've had a shitty day at work, I need to go work out with my crew, with those people that are going to sweat alongside me. And I might shed a tear during the workout. But like you said, it's like cathartic. Like I need it. I need it to clear my head. I need it to be in a better space physically and mentally. And like, I'm just trying to look okay naked, but that's, it's more than just that. (laughs) Like my community gets me through that. My community at CrossFit gets me through a shitty day at work. Can Mm -hmm. you imagine what that would do if you needed it to get back on your feet in life. Like it's crazy. It's, it's just, I'm so, I'm so sold on this system and I'm so sold on like the self-fulfilling nature of it and, and putting people at the helm, putting cancer survivors in a, in a position of power and authority and support for additional cancer survivors to go through the program is like genius. Also appreciated that your analogy said you had to be a billionaire to own nobles because that's <laughs> you heard that I heard that too. <laughs> that is totally accurate. Uh, I also you got like, those nanos on discount though. Yes, <laughs> I was actually I was thinking at the, the top of this whole conversation. You know, you're talking about the, the guy you know competing and working out with the brain tumor, and I'm like. I took a wad off last week because I had a hangover from like two tequilas. Like, <laughs> I feel like shit. Like, and I think that's that is the empowering thing though about getting these people in the boxes is that you know it for one for those of us that are, you know aren't suffering from anything it makes me go, all right fuck it I got to get off the couch and go do something like right. I can't let this guy kick my ass and, right. and but I think it does give them that empowerment of all right I can go do it everybody else it isn't about the score it's just about putting yeah. in the work and and being with the group and. I think that's really, really important. Like the self-confidence that you build in people is a very healing property for sure. I mean, I don't, I don't, I mean, this is probably like the worst place ever to say this and I'll probably come and shoot me back in the foot tenfold, but like elite CrossFitters to me are not the most inspirational people. Like they, they have fantastic traits to become incredible athletes and, and they do. And there's a lot that you can learn from them, but it like inspiration and like, 
needs to come internally first and it's very difficult in the, the kind of crossfit world or like you know the crossfit kind of cult if you think about it in some shape or form that we we hold up very strong athletes and say i want to be that person so like you know matt fraser best ever whatever and you say right okay i'm going to go and train today because i've watched a matt fraser motivational video on youtube like that's only going to get you that rocky four feeling like so far like that's he is him and he's in his own world and he does everything that he, he's not you. Whereas like what you said, when you know somebody who's in your box, who's training or has been affected and you're like, I know that person, I know where they live. Like I know their family. I know what they did for a job. And I've seen them drag themselves through having their cells literally attacked by radiation for hours on end to still come and do something physical. Like, yeah, I better get my own ass in gear. Like I think, that's not to take away from those incredible athletes, but I think it's just a completely different reality that they exist in and we can hold them up and applaud them. But I don't think compared to people that I've met, like Kurt, who competed in Ireland with a brain tumor, who used to be a rugby player, he uh, is far more inspirational to me than any CrossFit elite athlete that I've met. Like I can't even come, I can't even put them close together on each other. It's not the same. And I think when I have a day where I think I could be doing better or I could be doing more or I should be working more, or I should be annoying another person to try and get some like exposure for battle cancer. <laughs> I think about those people and the things that they've had to face that I'm very lucky that I haven't. And I think that's, I don't, I don't know. I might be way off the mark on that, but I kind of, that's something that I've picked up from dealing with a lot of people who've had to go through, through illness. No, and I think the, the, the people who you're training to be, move forward coaches also hold that like very high inspirational, like, please put those people on a pedestal status because they have clearly dealt with their own demons to a point to get themselves into in a good spot or at least a better spot in life. And then they charge toward them again, every single day and open themselves up to other people who also need to talk about the shit that they went through and emotional support and physical support. And they offer themselves up as a way, a mechanism to, you know, climb on me to get to a better place. So I mean, yeah. I think those people also belong up there. Yeah. I've never been inspired by a professional crossfitter. I think inspiration, no. no, never. I I don't like, I'm impressed by professional mm-hmm. crossfitters. Yeah. I'm sincerely impressed by, you know, the really elite ones at what they're capable of doing. It's like, you know, like here in Cleveland, you know, LeBron is, you know, our hometown guy. Right. And I've never been um, inspired by what he can do on the basketball court. And he made me cry when we won our only championship in a thousand years here in Cleveland. Like, <laughs> but I was never, you know, inspired by him. I was impressed by him. I am inspired by him when he gives back millions of dollars to inner city kids to put them through school. Totally. You know, and I think that there is a big distinction between the inspiration of what you guys are doing and the, you know, respect that we have for the great athletes. Um, So I don't think, I don't think you're off base. Uh, I'm right in line with you. Screw Frazier. (laughs) (laughs) bottom line bottom line bottom line so scott in these sort of like crazy times and i really do hope that we get back to a point a point where you know you guys can host the events again and that's obviously such a huge motivational factor for so many people who are dealing with this kind of treatment this kind of disease but in in the meantime what is sort of the best way for people to learn more about you guys get involved volunteer there 
Jim for the move forward program? I don't know. Like what, what, what would be helpful for you guys right now? Yeah. So, I mean, I always do the like little modest thing of saying, you know what, if I can just steal like literally five minutes of your day, I know people spend a huge amount of time on Instagram. So during that time that you're looking, you know, longingly at nobles trying to save up to afford them, um, you know, go over to look at battle cancer so on instagram it's battle.cancer but if you go on to google and you type in battle cancer i work really hard to get battlecancer.com very very hard to get that and we nice got job. it um and and within there it does talk about the events it talks about us as the team it talks about like the the, the kind of story behind it we even have forums on there where people kind of can can interact with each other and share stories but we have all the details on the move forward program and we have a very important button on there that says click to support us and and the supporting of that is we need around about i'm trying to do my dollar conversion we need about five thousand dollars per program now that's not just for 10 weeks that's for effectively two or three years because that 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 five thousand dollars pays for the subsidy it pays for the classes it pays for the coaching and the training and then those people carry that work on so for every single one that's how much we need we want to put as many on as possible and every single time we have that amount we can then launch one we get it and we've got the infrastructure and the the staff and the people from this end to deliver on that we just have to do the cost and also on that that section on on Cancer's website you can see the move forward program and the studies that were done uh, in line with Belfast University because what we didn't want to do as well with this is just say oh this is awesome like it works yeah totally works trust us it works believe me like (laughs) like this new product like that it's amazing like I've said it's amazing just believe me and give me money and we didn't want to do that so it's been a huge amount of work from Simon and from all the team over there and and people at Belfast University that have done huge medical studies on this and on the recovery aspect both physically and mentally and it even looks at things like uh People often find that they have uh, trouble with digestion to a huge extent, a, a significant period of time post-treatment. Um, and the physical recovery has reduced the amount of times that people vomit, their ability to retain food, their ability to put weight back on. So from physical things like that, all the way through to their mental health, from initially talking about maybe not wanting to be on this planet anymore, to, to now signposting that they're actually ready to help others and want to help others so and and that happens over 10 weeks like it's it's a re- insanely short period of time in the world like you know in the UK we've been in lockdown for eight weeks you know two more weeks and we could have had 15 people through a move forward program to completely change their lives and change others so we just ask that people come and have a little look you know if you think usually I would be spending $20 a week on coffee and I'm having to do coffee in my house working at my desk took that $20 to us and it means that we can do something and even though gyms are closed we know that gyms are closed at the moment they're not going to be closed forever it isn't the end of CrossFit and it isn't the end of functional fitness training and we are already in conversations with key places in the US and in Europe that the moment that we're allowed we can get these programs up and running we just need people to support and CrossFit has very rich people in there from very professional jobs who have lots of disposable income to spend on every single different item of headband, clothing, knee wraps, lifters. We do like, love gear. Finger tape. Like, you know, we, 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 I know you guys have got money because I see what people wear to just do burpees in a class. We know people can help us and it's not even helping us. Like it's the old thing. I, I said this to you the other week. I was like, you know, it's that thing of 
don't give a man a fish, like give him a fishing rod and teach him how to fish and you'll never have to give him anything ever again. And that's the whole point of move forward. Like help us give these people their fishing rods and just watch the difference that they'll make to people across the world. And you never know, it may end up coming back and helping that person at some point. We really hope that it doesn't have to, but chances are it will affect and help somebody that maybe you know or, you know, it, it will come back around. Totally. Scott, it's been fun, man. I appreciate you coming on and and sharing your story with everyone. Uh, certainly valuable time, I hope, for the community, even though you said you weren't inspired by Fraser, so that's okay. So that's me done. Um, that's it. Back answers <laughs> done. Yes. If you take one thing away from this conversation. Battle cancer doesn't like CrossFit. That's all you, can, you guys can take away from this. No, you guys are doing great work. We appreciate it. And we're yeah. certainly happy to help you guys any way we can. I mean, I think... Uh, you know, I think maybe Nikki said it. we've all been touched at some point or another uh, by horrible disease. And, you know, I think we could, you know, even just name CrossFitters that have had it. And, uh, yeah. you know, until it goes away, we need to continue to battle it. So thank mm-hmm. you so much. Nikki, as always, it's been fun. Thank you for as booking that, the happy topics. And yeah, I'm really good. I'm really good about that. <laughs> All right. Well, we appreciate it. For everyone listening, thank you for being on tonight. Uh, Lots of fun as always, and we will talk to you guys soon.